Say it with me. Okay. Real time. Real time. Real time. Real time. Prince Blue. Real time. Real time. Real time. Prince Blue. Talk that. Talk that. Talk that. What is going on, everybody? What is up? It's Real Time with Prince Blue. It is Friday. Um, it's 8 o'clock, and I'm bringing you another episode because I had another guest that um, just... I've been trying to get him on for so long, and finally everything matched up, and I'm just so... I'm so excited to have them. Um, first of all, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and watching and make sure you like, share and subscribe and spread the word. Um, this person I got coming on, man, I've known him for, for a while uh, from Eagles Twitter. And he took a unique uh, career path that I didn't see. I didn't know. And I'm just so anxious to talk to him about it and see. Um, how's it been going and, and where, where's he, where's he going to take it? The one and only Steven Puga. What's up, Pooh? What's going on, Prince? It's finally, it's finally happened. They were finally doing this. We're here real, real time with Prince Blue. I've been waiting to get on this show for like about a year now. So finally here. And yes, it's, uh, uh it's funny. It, it's funny. My dog's walking in the back. It's funny that you say an interesting career path because I didn't even see this coming either. Uh, comedy just landed in my lap like a slutty drunk girl at a bar, and I just uh, <laughs> went went all the way with it. So, <laughs> hey, and, and we're and we're going to talk about that, man, because um, you're you're definitely on the rise. You're um, for those who don't know, Buga is uh, traveling as a stand-up comedian and. I envy you, man, and I'm afraid for you because you picked a crazy time to um to do that because of, um you know the whole culture and everything that's going on. First, let me ask you, what made you get into stand up comedy? Well, uh, uh, I uh, back in I've been only for the record, uh, I just want everybody to know I've been doing stand up for ten months. I'm still a baby in this game, and things are going a lot better than what I expected. Um, what's it called? Uh, I started doing stand-up. I went to an open mic uh, back in January at, at my friend's bar. She has she owns a bar um, on the west side of El Paso, so I go there to eat and they have good food. And uh, I didn't even know what an open mic was. It was just and then all of a sudden, uh, this guy shows up. His name's Jerry, and he's the producer. He shows he puts he puts all the shows together for us. And know who he was, so he sets up a banner, and uh, you know it says El Paso Underground Comedy. And then all of a sudden, like like 20, 20 comedians come into this little bar to tell jokes. And at the time, I didn't know what it was. I just thought it was like a like a comedy show. I didn't know what it was an open mic where where people uh, anybody could really go up and and tell jokes, you know. And to be honest, I don't know if uh, uh, if you listened to the to the previous uh, podcast that I did back in. Um, back when I do it, back in back in the summer, uh, I was pretty pissed off that the comics were there because I didn't want to hear comedy. I wanted to hear music, and uh, <laughs> yeah. And then I, I I listened to these guys, and they they were pretty decent. So uh, I I thought I'd give it a shot, and I went home that night uh, that night from the open mic, and um, 
I didn't go up. That was the that was the first night. I I I saw it, and then I I went back home. I wrote some jokes, and uh, I went back at it. I went back the next week, and I was so nervous, man. I almost did. I almost backed out of not uh, of doing it. I was literally the last guy to go up, and I ended up doing pretty good for my first time. And um, and uh, no, ever since then, it's just been a snowball of of things that I didn't even expect to happen, man. Honestly, that is that is crazy, man. Let me for those who don't know, um, like I have a little secret of my own, like. For my seventh grade talent show, I actually did a comedy set. And what the only thing I did was I just got up there and I impersonated uh, um, popular teachers and I did like impersonations of them. So I didn't do exactly like oh, nice. jokes and stuff. Well, I was making jokes on them and then I would impersonate them. But far as like storytelling setting up jokes and things of that nature. Um, I didn't do that. And before the pandemic, I was going to take a stand-up comedy uh, workshop here and you do it for like eight weeks and then it all builds up to you doing a show with the rest of your classmates, stuff like that. But of course, the pandemic happened, so I never got to that. But Pooh, tell me about the whole yeah. writing jokes process because i'm thinking people just get up there and they're funny um i didn't know that there's like a writing process can you talk about that a little bit oh yeah well you know what writing writing is the hardest is one of the hardest things to do because especially when like my type of humor i you know i i, I lean more towards doing dark humor i say i talk about things that people don't really want to address out loud you know and mm -hmm. uh the thing is, you, you, you have to write your jokes. Uh, for me, uh, I have to write my jokes very carefully. The grammar it, the grammar, and the way you tell your joke is, is all part of the writing process. Like, when you're writing out a joke, you have to, obviously, you have to reel in the crowd first. And then uh, you, you start, you go into, you go into your premise, like, oh, you know, like the other day I was doing this and I saw so-and-so and, you know, whatever, like, the way, just the way people do, but for me personally, um, I get into it right away. Like, um, like last night it was, uh, uh, um, I have a, I have a premise about, um, you know, uh, my grandfather, he, he, he's 90 years old and he got completely trashed for his birthday. So I had a bit about that. And I told the crowd, like, like, you know, uh, the, it's, it's all about the setup, right? And when you write a joke, it's all about the setup, you know, I, my grandpa like hey uh do you want a beer and he's like no this is my first one and i'm like oh okay so then two hours later i come back to him I'm like hey grandpa do you want another beer and he's like no this is my first one and i tell the crowd like <laughs> i tell the crowd like that, 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 we party for seven hours <laughs> and, and how did this guy get how did this guy get drunk off of how did this guy get drunk off of one beer and i'm like well and then and and it dawned on me, the guy has Alzheimer's. Of course, every beer he grabs, it's going to be his first one, you know? So, you know, that was just a little oh, warm. I don't, I don't want to But no, it's all Alzheimer's a... crowd. Hold on. Oh. For foolish, uh, let, let's, let's make sure we don't upset those, blah, 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 blah. It's comedy, people. Like, relax. It's his own grandfather. Like, he can yeah, tell the no, joke. No, no, that, and that's, that's, that's a, <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's, that's a, that's it's a kindergarten joke to to compare to the things that I say, but like when uh, you know, it, it, and uh, honestly, I, I I write 
I don't really write out my jokes, Prince. I, I just, I, I memorize them in my head. And then I go to the open mics and I recite them and I do it over and over again. Even when I'm at work in my head, I'm reciting the joke over and over and I'm practicing it different types of ways. The ending, how should I say this? Should I say that? Because when you do dark humor, one, if you mess up one word in your joke, the whole, the whole, the whole joke goes to shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, and, and, and people will get pissed. So, so you have to write it out or you have to, when my case, think, think it out. You know, when I first started, you know, you, you want to be edgy and I, you want to be edgy and all the comics, that's very common for, for comedians to do when they first come out, they want to, they want to say the craziest shit. They want to say <laughs> absurd things, which is what I was doing. The only thing is that I stuck with it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, you have to just write out your joke perfectly. Like it has to be perfect. And the, and a lot of the, and a lot of the mistakes I was making was I was saying the F word a lot. I was, I was dropping the F bomb like all the time. And the guy who, who uh, discovered me, the producer from the, from the comedy club goes to the open mics and he likes me. And he told me, he's like, you know what? I like your jokes. Your jokes are really thought out. I like the way you think the premises are great. The timing is pretty good, but just you keep stop cussing so much. You don't have to, the way you tell your jokes, like if you're telling a joke about, like for example, um, uh, when I, one of my first jokes as an open micer, uh, my closer was about bullying a kid. It's gonna sound awful what I'm about to say. This, this by the way, this is just a joke. This is just a joke what I'm about to say. I had a, I had a joke about uh, bullying a, a, a kid in a wheelchair. And when I was in high school and I, and, and th- when I would tell this joke, I would, you know, I, I have a lot of adrenaline going through me. I was just barely starting doing the comedy and I would just say the F word a lot, F this. And I was effing this and Bob and like every, and Jibs, the guy, he told me, he's like, don't cuss so much. It's a great joke. The ending's perfect, you know, but just stop cussing so much. So I have to like, I, now, since I write out my jokes, I, I only use those words if I need to, because I feel like when you do dark humor, you don't really need to cuss. Like, like if you're making fun of, you know, I have a joke about, uh, my friend, uh, I, I, I make believe friend that I had who committed suicide, and mm-hmm. you don't have to cuss when you talk about that. You, it, the the premise of the joke and the the idea of the joke is already kind of crossing the boundary, so you don't need to to say you know, obscenities, you know. But and like I see a lot of, um, you know, but everybody has their flavor, you know. You have the black comics who I have a friend. He's in fact I'm gonna go to his show tonight. Uh, when he first started, we both came in at the same time. Uh, he likes to use the N word a lot. I think that's a very common mm-hmm. thing for 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 African American comedians to use that word. But I told him, I was like, hey, do you, you don't really need to say that the way you tell your joke. It's kind of the same thing. So when you write out a joke, it's real important to uh, set up your premise right away and just get them laughing as mm-hmm. soon as you can. Like you have to have like I like to have at least two or three like quotes or punchlines in the joke before I get to the actual hit. So yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun writing or or thinking of jokes like today i just came up with one too so it's gonna be great so um so when you're when you're up there and you're telling your jokes and i'm picturing like in in the joker when he would tell his jokes and it wouldn't land and he would go through his book <laughs> and be like okay and he'll go through his oh book. yeah you know the meme the meme where the joker's like standing there like wait for the yeah guy. he's like look yeah <laughs> you know it, it's so it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because the the showcase that I did last night was at a bar 
was at a bar that I that I that I would typically struggle at. Um, it's a it's a hipster bar. It's downtown. Uh, you know, it's it's right next to the Pride Square where all the 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 the, the LGBTQ alphabet community clubs are at. Yeah, uh-huh. the alphabet community, as Dave Chappelle likes to call them. But mm-hmm. uh, this this bar I would struggle at, and about I want to say in in April or I, I can't remember. But the I I went to an open mic there. And the place was freaking packed. I mean, it was packed to capacity with people for an open mic, which is uncommon because when you go to open mic, it's usually just a few people there that are that are there to drink, and like most of the people in the in the crowd are comics. But this place had a mixture of comics, but there was more people there to hang out and have fun and listen to the comics. And everybody's doing great sets. Everybody's killing, killing, killing. And then it's my turn, and I go up there. And uh, I opened up with uh, I forgot a I I, I opened up a, I opened up with a joke about uh, necrophilia, and the the crowd the whole mind mind that that entire set nobody laughed no one laughed <laughs> like you could like for the I I ate I ate shit for eight minutes on stage like I and it, and it got to me you know because. Because let me tell you, I what I was so used to the crowd of going like ooh ah, and, and laughing at the things that I was saying, but this time it was a crowd that just was like not having it. Like they were just completely. I'll I'll never forget it. Like completely, like you could hear a mouse fart in there. That's how quiet that bitch was. Like <laughs> it was it was just stu- like, and you don't know awkwardness. Like people think they know awkwardness. Go to an open mic, tell it, start telling jokes, and just bomb, just bomb, like up, like up, completely obliterate your. And I and I had to question myself after that. I was like, can I do? Can I really do? Because it did bother me. It bothered me for about two days. I was like, you know, because that that had never happened to me. And uh, I went back, and of course, you know, the guys are so supportive. You know, the the, the El Paso comedy community is is supportive of each other. So I went back, and um, I was sitting there by myself all upset you know because and everyone's having a great time because they're killing everyone's crushing except for me who just you know just ate a bag of dicks on stage so like i i was just sitting there so upset and they're like hey man you're gonna be okay shit like that happens like you gotta remember you're doing the hardest type of comedy you're doing the hardest type of comedy and you have to just correct your jokes cut the fat don't take so long and get to the punchline quickly because you can do it. Your cadence is there, your voice is there, but the jokes have to be written a little bit better. So, so yeah, that's that's one thing I'll never forget. Um, that that was fucking crazy, dude. Uh, yeah, and I still think <laughs> about that. And it's funny that I, that 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 I bring that that I bring that club up because yesterday I had a showcase there, and I absolutely just killed last night. Everybody was laughing, at everything I was saying. So it was a little bit of like a redemption for me last night to go back onto that mm-hmm. stage and just be like, you know what? Like, I remember the first time I was here and no one laughed at me. And now I'm back on this stage uh, six months later and I'm featuring, I'm opening for a headliner that was that, 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 uh, that lives here in El Paso. He's a really popular comedian and I got to open for him. So mm-hmm. like, and I crushed it. And in fact, I don't want to, I don't want to sound too, too, uh, I don't want to brag too much, but I, I feel like I, I, did, I did better than everyone else. But, but yeah. <laughs> well, you so, have yeah, it was great. It was great. <laughs> it's okay to feel that way and to be confident in your abilities because being a stand-up comic is all about um, 
confidence and all about believing in uh, your jokes and what you're saying. What I do want to know is, um, you know, there's been recent controversy uh, with Dave Chappelle. I mean, everybody knows if you're living under a rock. And I don't want to just, I don't want to hammer the Dave Chappelle thing because I feel like there's a talk to the ground. I just want to talk about comedy in general. Um, listen, I grew up with Pryor, Eddie, Bernie, Carlin, Martin, um, shoot. Mm-hmm. You can, yeah, all, all, the, of, all the legends, uh, yeah. Gallagher, all of them, all of them. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. if people find what people do now as offensive, they wouldn't have, we wouldn't have had those legends back then. They were trailblazers. And now I just feel like comedy is just, I don't know what to think of comedy now because we can never have fun. We can never laugh at it because somebody's always offended. Not even right then, but like it could be 10 years later and they'll be like, remember when you said this, that, that, this you? And then that comedian has to apologize for something yep. from um from 10 years ago. So what do you think about comedy uh, now? And how do you where do you see it going in the future in this era? Um, I, I think uh, I, well, comedy I think has always kind of been under attack, you know, uh, and I think people that get offended um, probably just I, I you know I, I feel like they just don't understand the premise of a joke to begin with, you know. I, I feel like a lot of the people and, and, and what makes me upset about the whole Dave Chappelle thing is. I bet you 90% of those people that are outraged with Dave Chappelle who happen to be trans or, or, or gay or queer, whatever, lesbian, whatever they may be, they didn't even watch the special. They didn't even watch it. You know what I mean? And so they're just following what people say because that I feel like they're just following the crowd and they want to be upset at somebody. But I, but Dave Chappelle wasn't hateful at all. Like he was, he making jokes. He was making fun of black people. He was making fun of Mexicans. He's made fun of everybody under the fucking sun, you know. But the, but the minute he started talking about the trans community, um, I feel like those people, uh, those people, like we're all human, but like they, they, I feel that like community. they were just clamoring on to, to to bicker about yeah that 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 got so upset, you know. And I don't understand why. If you listen to the special, he's he, he's trying to explain why why he saying the things he's saying like i don't i'm if i'm saying this as a black man and i don't and i and, and it gains no traction why do you say the same thing as a trans person and you gain tons of traction and that's what he was trying to say is like i'm just a black man trying to to bring things to light but you guys won't let me because you feel like i'm attacking you which in in this case you totally wasn't so and and, and what? what also people forget is dish Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Prince. Oh, I was no, going to say, what, saying... what people forget is that Dave, Dave Chappelle's a... <laughs> You're lagging, so that's why it sounds like I'm talking. Okay. Go All ahead. Right, my bad. No, you good. No, I'll... Okay, I was going to say that uh, Dave Chappelle a, 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 has a brilliant mind, which happens when he just happens to be a comedian. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like... Dave Chappelle can be a professor at a university if he wanted to. Like, that's how smart this guy is. 
So like, I mean, let's be of honest. Course he's going to be very uh, methodical, and a lot of people won't. A a lot of comedians are very intelligent, like high wit, sarcasm, um, quick wit. That those are the marks of a high IQ. That's why a lot of your comedians are talented writers. They're talented producers. Like they can set other people up. They're charismatic because that requires IQ. That requires um, a certain intelligence. And the thing is, I feel like with comedy and with Dave and everybody else, is it's it's like a mob mentality now. The amount of people I saw say, I didn't see the special, but blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, how can you give a comment on something you didn't see or hear? No context, yeah. no nothing. So what are you absolutely outraged about? And then what I love about that is the people that are outraged, somebody goes back into their tweets and, and their background and find that they did the they <laughs> didn't do what they did because they was doing comedy. They were actually being homophobic, being racist, racist, doing this, doing that. And I'm like, so you just you just tried mm-hmm. to paint yourself as the holy Dalai Lama and you're out here doing doing the same stuff that you're trying to quote unquote cancel somebody else for. That's the part of this era that I don't like is nobody's being honest anymore. Everybody's just trying not to be canceled yep. and they're being disingenuous and that bothers me. Oh yeah, no, and, and especially on Twitter. I don't I look listen, I I love all my friends that I've tailgated with, uh, you know, uh, we broke bread together. We've all sat at the same dinner tables. I've traveled. Across, I literally travel across the country to go see them. But I don't know what happened to Twitter. I don't I don't know what happened to everybody. Like everybody just everybody just became a like almost became like a giant pussy like overnight. You know what I mean? Like they claim to say things one time or, or one time. And, but they do the exact opposite in their actions. You know what I mean? Like what I don't understand is people want to like unite and be together. But if you don't agree, the, the part, the part about uniting and, and agreeing with people is to agree with their indifferences with you. You know what I mean? And I feel like yeah. if you don't agree with the crowd, if you don't agree with the crowd or if you don't, or if, or in some cases you don't even have to agree on football. It could be politics. Like politics is a, hot topic right now, especially with Twitter that I see, you know, everybody, it, it, you know, I have friends who are, who are conservative. I have friends who are liberal and I, I've, I've had all of it. I've had everybody at my house hang out and, and it doesn't matter. But if you go on Twitter, it's like, if you say anything about anything politically or football, like whether it has to be political sports, uh, anything, anything, uh, you, you, you run the chance of like getting attacked for it. And that's what I don't understand. And I and I see a lot of the people that I follow uh, doing that, and it, and it and it bothers me a lot. I, I don't know where this type of mentality came from or or whatever, but uh, yeah, no, it, it it's from. annoying, and I and I know what you mean by that. I'm gonna tell you where it came from, Pete. It came from people associate followers with real life and status, so they feel like you see it like the little box exactly. that uh-huh. um tell you who unfollowed you how many people like who gives a shit like i don't care like if you want like what i've what i saw before um a while back is i saw a lot of people 
and I'm not, it's not that I'm looking for them, but like I'll go to tweet something to them and I'll hit their profile and it'll show I'm following them, but they're not following me. And I know for a fact we used to follow each other. So I'm like, so you trying to make it seem that I'm following you and you're not following me. Like, d- like, come on, yeah. man. Like, don't, don't be fake. Don't be phony. Like you, I did something wrong enough for you to unfollow me. So, you know, do the whole thing. Like, you don't yeah. like what I say. You you like what I say until I say it about somebody that you like or a cause that you're gung-ho mm-hmm. about. But I'm like, I follow a lot of people that hate a lot of people. And people will be like, how can you follow so-and-so? Yeah. Because I can. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want yeah. me to tell you? <laughs> you know, and, and uh, you know, I, I just... I just don't get it with some of these people, man. Like they, I just, I just don't, um, I feel like a lot of people, I, I know I made a tweet the other day. I was like about a couple of weeks ago when, when, uh, what was it? Facebook went down for Facebook mm-hmm. went down or Instagram went down for like, uh, like half a day. And mm-hmm. I tweeted, I was like, I, all I said was imagine how many, what did I, I said something to the effect of like, if Twitter went, it's unfortunate Twitter uh, didn't go down because most of you guys would have to go get a real life or something like that. And the people got so pissed about that. And I was just like, well, because it's true. You know what I mean? A lot of people live it's their lives true. on Twitter. You know, like, they, like Twitter to them. It, I feel like a lot of the people who want to be controversial on Twitter and want to and want to like fight people and like go after people for their indifferences are the people that like, didn't get enough attention in high school. You know what I mean? So I feel like they're making up for it with like their social status with followers and shit. But like, I don't care about followers. I didn't get onto, I, I get onto Twitter to talk football and, and, and tweet my shows right. out and, and, uh, you know, just unite with people, you know what I mean? But cool. I feel like that's too much for some people that, that we know and see, uh, online. Like it was so funny uh sp it was like it got to the point where people were making people were trying to insult me about either being retired being a police officer or um like i get i give you a hint like i call um somebody spineless on um on twitter and a black man Got him. He would say, "This coming from the same guy who let a white woman spit in his face and did nothing to her, or was this another fat ass uh, retired cop?" So, hmm. my thing was, I'm a police officer. Somebody spit on me. If I would have punched her in her face and broke her jaw, what would that have done? For, what would that have done for you? I know what it would have done for me. I would have been out of a job. I wouldn't have been able to retire. That's right. the thing. I, When you sign up to do what I do, you're going to get some shit with the job. But th- that bad, the same stuff that he wants me to do is the same stuff right. that people hate cops for. 
So you want me to think because I have a badge on, I can right. just haul off and punch women in the face. I can haul off and punch anybody in the face. So he immediately sounds stupid. And the weird thing about it is no. what what triggered me was people was liking it. And I was like, do y'all even know what you're liking? Because y'all don't want cops. But I see videos every day of hundreds of people on a trainer in a public place watching somebody assault somebody and doing nothing. Exactly. So what do you what do you what do you want? What do you want? And that's the problem that's bothering me about social media. These people get behind their keyboards, they say this, that, this, that, and the third. And then when you're there or you're close, crickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, like people, like people feel like it, it's just like I said, it's just fake outrage, man. It's all fake because when shit gets real and they see things right in front of them, ninety-nine percent of people will run, will run away from the situation. You know what I mean? Like when shit gets real, you know, you can talk all you want behind a keyboard, you can say everything you want, but when shit gets real, when shit's in your face, like, you know, what are you gonna do? You know what I mean? Are you going to say the things that you said online or are you just going to pack up your shit and, and run for the hills? You know what I mean? And I already know what I, I already, and I already know, like, who's who, you know what I mean? Like, you... yeah, <laughs> you know, you're, but you're absolutely right, SP. And that's the thing that gets me is because um, breaking news to everybody, like, I'm really like, I'm so laid back and reserved. Like, I'm really a, I'm a jokester. I like to joke. I like to prank. I like to troll. You see that. And um, that's all I like to do. And I also mm-hmm. like to take up for people that can't take up for themselves or, or just not about that life. Because some people are not, a, they're just not about that life. And then you got some people that go around. Yeah. Picking on specific people because they know that they're not about that life. And I just don't like that. I I I I mean, I just don't like that. I wore the badge because I didn't like that. Because I want to protect people that can't protect themselves. Yeah. So when I see people um bullying or or talking out there, you know what, and things of that nature. I feel like sometimes, you know, you can't help but say something because Twitter isn't real life, you know, and I guarantee when you have yeah. to face reality, you are not having the same energy and tone that you're having on Twitter because everybody is just a knock right. away for somebody being on your doorstep and asking you, say what you said again. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, that's, that's why, uh, you know, that's why I try, I try not to, uh, you know, get involved with like the Twitter drama. I think like the drama on Twitter, when you see people retweeting things that someone said and, you know, they want to, they want people to gang up on that one person for saying something like, I hate that shit. You know what I mean? Cause in a million years, like if you heard him say something, you wouldn't say anything back to him. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you might have a disagreement, but you're not going to like go and say, Oh, Look at what he said. Let's go like bully this guy because he said this. Like for like for what you said the other day, this individual obviously retweeted what you what what you said, and he said his piece, but at the same time, was kind of like signal calling for people to come like back him up. You know what I mean? And like I just I just that's that shit that shit I do not like at all. Like that shit's weak to me. Mm-hmm. 
And, and 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 just you know when people like try to get others to help them in something like sometimes I quote cheat because I be wanting people to see what I'm saying, understand what I'm saying, and have context what I'm saying. Because if you just reply to something and somebody sees that reply, they're like, "What the hell? Like, what is he talking about?" So that's why you know, and I make it known that you know there should be no um there should be no um mis- mistake. You should not be mistaken about what I'm trying to put out there. So that's why I do stuff like that. But getting on yeah. to the um, the social media and stuff like that, um, you're you're up and coming as a comedian. Um, do you ever think that something you said on Twitter will come back and bite you? No. No, I don't care. <laughs> but, you know, I say what I say and that's it. So you're just like me because it's so weird that, um, <laughs> you know, I you start, can't. Like, uh, no, I would say it's so weird like that. You start, listen, um, I, 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 and, I, and not only yeah. that, Prince Blue, like, I, I, I know who I am. I know, I know who I am and I don't, I don't attack anybody, I don't say anything derogatory. Uh, I mean, I do make, I do say, I do say every, I do say a couple of messed up things every now and then, but I don't, uh, I don't go online and, and attack people for what they believe in. I don't, uh, I don't uh, call people out for a mistake that they made because at the end of the day, we're all human. You know, people are going to make mistakes. Certain people aren't perfect. So, uh, you know, and I feel like a lot of the times people are waiting for you to screw up way for you to mess up but if you know who you are inside nobody can cancel you no matter how hard they try you know what i mean like and that's the best the awesome that's the most awesome thing about doing comedy is is you could cancel me but i'm still gonna show up to an open mic and talk shit you can cancel my twitter account but i'm still gonna create a new one tomorrow you can yeah you can cry and bitch and moan all you want to the cows come home but at the end of the day I, i'm still gonna believe what i believe you know and you I've know, seen it where like people make mistakes. Like I've seen people get accused of. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, ahead Steve. No, no, I was listening to you, and I was. Oh just... no, I, I was saying. Oh, it's the lag. It's the lag, yeah. Steve. If you I, I was uh... just go, keep going, but yeah, uh, that's okay. I'm sorry. Um, like I've seen people like get acute and that's the, that's another thing on Twitter that, that I, that I hate is when people accuse, like people don't know how dangerous it is to like accuse somebody of something without a hundred percent proof of it on Twitter. Like I, and I know there's a certain individual that would show up to Eagles tailgates who got accused of doing things uh, uh, that he wasn't supposed to be doing, you know, and I can't speak for that, but like, and, and maybe it was true. I, I don't know. We don't know at the end of the day. But I feel like a lot of people um, need to be careful with the things that they say when it comes to accusing people. And that's another thing that I was going to talk to you about. Like, you see people accusing other people of doing things that you clearly haven't done or you know that person hasn't done. And that's the big – I could care I, – I, I, you can make jokes about me. You can – you can talk shit about my comedy. You can say anything about me or whatever I do. But the one thing that I will not stand for is uh, if somebody ever accuses me or accuses anybody that I know of something that I know is 100% false. 
because tweets like that are dangerous and like i've seen it where oh he said this or, or she he or she did something and like you know all of a sudden you get a bunch of backlash and wave for something that you had no chance and that's another thing about twitter you don't really have a chance to defend yourself because a lot of the times people already assume you're guilty before even getting everything together like you said when you retweet when you retweet something and you quote it, you put it in context. Why you're saying that? Why you're responding like that? But I feel like when people get accused of things, they don't have a chance to defend themselves on Twitter. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. And one of the things about that is that's why, you know, I love the fact that I'm transparent about me and like anything I say in a DM or in private to somebody. I've already said it on a timeline or I will say it on a timeline. Like, so it's like, it's not, nobody can ever be like, Oh, blue, this you got you. You said this, you said that. Like, I know I also bring up a tweet where I said it on the timeline. So what are you trying to expose? And I think honestly, that's the issue with a lot of people. And it's just so funny how I actually chose real Prince blue. I don't know why I just put real in front of it. And just went with it when I created my Twitter account. But it, it it makes so much sense now. It's like I grew into the name because people can't like catch me with a this you or you know blue did this, did he say this? Or mm-hmm. hey, I heard blue was this. No, everything it's there. Like I don't, I don't, I don't hide anything. Even when I was still working as a police officer, I didn't hide that I was a police officer because I wanted you to know yeah. where I was coming from when all the riots and stuff was happening. That's why people was coming to me and asking me, hey, Blue, what about this? What about that? What's your thinking of this? Because I've been there, done that, and I was in the middle of it. So, you know, a lot of people be talking about shit that they just have no idea about, and mm-hmm. they get on Twitter and they want to be Twitter lawyers, Twitter doctors, Twitter attorneys, Twitter hitmen, all the other shit, all the occupations that you can make up the people be on Twitter. They want to be these diplomats or these politicians and they work at fucking um, they work at the family dollar. Shout out to people that work at the family dollar. If that's what you do. That's what you do. But I'm not about to take no political science advice from you and you and all your tweets up to that point was Sixers, Eagles, Sixers, Eagles, Sixers, Eagles, porn, Sixers, Eagles, porn, 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 <laughs> Eagles. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to tell me how the declaration of uh, how the declaration of proclamation works. And I'm like, where did this come from? Yeah. Like, ooh, you was the porn and sports guy. Now you telling me why I shouldn't vote for this person, why I shouldn't vote for this person, why I should take this needle, why I shouldn't take that needle. Shut your ass up. You take the needle. You vote for who you want to vote for and leave me and others the hell alone. Simple as that. Yeah. There's a, it's funny you say that. There's a, there's a saying that I was hanging out with a couple of, uh, with a couple of friends uh, down the street, my neighbors. And uh, one of the guys said, we should just let doctors be doctors, police officers be police officers, lawyers be lawyers, uh, physicians, nurses be nurses uh and you be you and don't don't try to speak on something that you don't really know about and that's a, that's another thing on twitter that people just they just talk out of their ass a lot man like it I, like again i just 
I don't get it. I don't, I just, I don't, I don't understand, you know, and, and, and like, you know, and I see a lot of contradiction on Twitter, man. Like, like, for example, like, um, you know, uh, people, sometimes people, they go on Twitter and they're like, oh, I'm having a bad day. I'm having a bad day. Guys, yeah, keep, uh, 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 or what are they like? I'm having a bad mental. That's my favorite one. That's my favorite one. My, I'm having a bad mental health day. Guys, think, keep, think of me. Keep me in your prayers, guys. Think of, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. No one cares because tomorrow, <laughs> because tomorrow, tomorrow, you're going to get on Twitter. You're going to go back to Twitter and you're going to talk massive shit about somebody right after you just said your, your mental health is fucked up or whatever. Like, I hate that. I fucking hate that. I'm sorry. Like, this is real time. So this is the real me. Stop. If you're watching this, if you're, if you're watching this on Twitter, do me a favor. Stop tweeting about your mental health. You're perfectly fine. Okay. You're going to be good. Okay. Unless like you're on the edge of a, of a fucking mountain and you're ready to jump off, then you have an issue. But if you're at your house and you have a roof over your head and you're playing PlayStation, you're on Twitter, whatever, your mental health isn't that bad. Is it really that bad? You know, like, like yeah. Like, hey, stop. listen, and you're talking to a guy <laughs> with, you know, with clinical diagnosis of bipolar major depressive disorder. And I have nothing wrong with, there's nothing wrong with what you said, because I feel like, of course, I could go the whole generic route of you don't know what people's going through. Every body's mental illness is different. But let me tell you something. When you're like, you couldn't be me on Twitter and then tweet about keep me in your thoughts and your prayers. I'm going through it. Because yeah. people going to be like, was you going through it when you was trolling so-and-so? Exactly. Was you going Thank through you. It when you was doing this, when you was doing that? Yeah. I'm, so I know better to get on there and be like, guys, I'm just having it. I'm just having one of them days. So what I do is I just step away. And no, I don't announce I'm stepping away because that bothers me too. Like, just go the fuck away. Like, yeah. I don't want the, oh, no, what happened in my DMs? Oh, no, Blue, please don't go. I'm like, no, because now I was going to tell you probably the reason why I'm going any damn way. So don't bring your phony ass in my DMs or on the timeline asking me what what the don't go blue what happened who did it the my favorite one and we're gonna get it it's a perfect segue to the social media sense is when a girl when a female woman they who they whatever whatever pronoun says such 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 i'm having a bad day or he getting on my nerves and then the person the simp immediately who i gotta fight shut oh. the hell up Shut Dude, up. Those those are the Shut fucking up. worst people. Who I gotta fight? Like nothing, nothing, fight. nothing, nothing screams more than nothing, nothing screams louder saying you're a virgin than doing shit like that. Like, <laughs> that, that, like <laughs> oh, who, you know, like oh, uh, 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 or, or my favorite one is oh, I'm bored, or the girls like oh, I'm bored, and then the guys like, well, what are you doing? You want to go out? You want to like no, dude. Shut, shut up. Like, like it's all a game. It's all, it's all a trap. And you know what's funny is, you know what's funny as I uh, back ten years ago, right when I graduated, uh, I don't want to make anybody feel old who's watching. Ten years ago, when I graduated high school, when I was in high school, I used to fucking be that guy. I used to be that guy. And you know what happened? 
I I I got nothing. Now all I all I got was a bunch of messages that got left on red. And nothing happened. So don't do that. That shit. Stop doing that. Stop simping, guys. Ooh, it's not worth you. it. You're... <laughs> you okay, Queen? Who did it, Queen? Are you okay, yeah. Queen? I'm here for you, Queen. Like, first of all, you here for a lot of queens. What about your wife? Are you there for her? Would she be comfortable <laughs> with you being there for so many queens on social media? I see men give more comments to women on Twitter than they tweet about their own wives. Oh, yeah. Sometimes no, I'd be surprised crazy. that some men are married. I'd be like, wait a minute, he was married? But he always <laughs> liking titty pics and and, and, and and always doing eye emojis when he sees titties and cleavage. He's married? Yeah. So I'm like, stop it. Stop it, Simps. Yeah, stop. Stop simping. Stop. Look, listen, as a former simp myself, it gets you nowhere. Okay? Don't don't do that. And I used to be that guy. Like, I used to be that guy. Uh, uh, and I've come a long way. So when you learn your lesson, if you learn your lesson, uh, you're going to realize, oh, wait, I'm a total fucking loser who's sliding in DMs and nothing's happening because it's Twitter. And, of course, a girl's not going to fly across the country to like come sleep with you or whatever it is the case may be. I I just I think that shit's fucking stupid. I I, I don't like stop simping. Just that's the message. Stop simping, people. Who's ever watching? Stop it. Stop simping. And and you know what's funny is the fact that you know you see it. I see it all the time, and I just roll my eyes. I just laugh at it. And it's a few people that I know for a fact that and now. They're, they sent for, and they're not even females. They sent for causes. They sent for fake ass oh. outrage, virtue oh. signaling. Oh. All you name it. They got all, oh, oh, well, you know, of Black Lives Matter, blah, blah, blah. And then you get a tweet where you were saying all types of N-words and you wasn't doing a rap song. So shut the hell up. Like, yeah. you talking about Black Lives Matter and all this stuff. I have yet to see a tweet from you in the urban areas doing something. All I see is a tweet with you talking about how your coffee at your upscale um, coffee shop was not right. Yeah. When was this... the last time you've been somewhere? <laughs> it's funny. It's, it's, it's really funny again you say that because uh, there's this, I forgot who it was. One of my, co- one of my comedian buddies, he's like, yeah, you know, the, all these, uh, it was a little subjective, you know, what he said, but he's going to say, I'm going to say it anyways. He says, you know, uh, I see a lot of, uh, I see a lot of females here claiming, claiming Black Lives Matter and they won't date me. Uh, they won't date me because they're all about Black Lives Matter, but they don't date any black dudes. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> they, they, be like, they be like, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. Hey, give me your top three um, best looking people in Hollywood. Oh, Chris Evans. Heath Ledger, uh, <laughs> Black Lives Matter, don't they? Like, you going to add some color into your list? Oh, no, that's just my preference. I don't have an issue with a black guy. Like, if I was drunk or in college or something like that, it'd be like some weird-ass <laughs> scenario, and my dad never found out. But it, 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 oh, wow. it just, it just yeah. cracked me up so much, <laughs> all the... The hashtag BLM and stuff like that. 
And I never see those people when I'm in the, when I'm in the urban areas helping out. When I was patrolling, I never saw them. But I did see them when black lives were in their neighborhoods and did and they thought they didn't belong there. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I, I, I had plenty of those calls. Hey, um, she's saying the guy is suspicious. Well, why is he suspicious, headquarters? I want her to say it. Say it. Why is he suspicious? Oh, you mean your black neighbor? Yeah, he lives next door. You didn't know you had a black neighbor? Man, listen, I could go on <laughs> and on. Who you know I can. And I'm, you know, I don't care about yeah. other people's feelings because it's real. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's it's just it's just a crazy time we live in, man. We live in a time where where uh where people are easily offended. We live in a time where everybody wants sympathy for whatever stupid reason we want uh every my here's my favorite one everyone everybody's a victim of something nowadays a victim either of circumstance they're victims everybody is a victim like stop living you're not a victim not like i'm pretty sure not like like i'm oh i'm a uh i'm a uh, like for example like uh, i have this friend of mine i have this friend of mine he's a uh he's a black man He's a black man and uh, went to high school to play football together. And uh, he, he went to, he went, he moved out to Dallas. He lives in Dallas now. He went to North Texas University, prestigious school, by the way. And, uh, you know, North Texas is a good school. And he goes on Facebook talking about how, how oppressed he is and how, and how he gets treated differently for being black. And I'm, and, and I'm like, dude, you are do you you are the most privileged black man I've ever met. Like, and he was like, How can you say that? And I was like, Well, see, first of all, when we played football together, coaches would stay after practice to work with you individually. I didn't get that treatment. You got that treatment. <clears throat> right? Then you graduated, you were pretty smart in high school, I had you for class, you were able to go to North Texas University. How are you oppressed there? If you were being oppressed, they wouldn't allow you to step foot on their campus. They wouldn't want you at your campus, at their campus. And then on top of that, you graduate, you graduate and you have a great job from that, from you, from going to school there. How can you say to me that you're oppressed? How are you still a victim living like that? You know what I mean? Yeah, he, he had nothing to say. I do even more, SP. It's like, it's like, like I did my show a while back when I say bullies become the victims. Um, like you know, it's a certain culture on there that anytime you say something about this person, all her cult and her following and people that just want to leech on to that little movement. They start taking up or stuff like that. And then she says some wild stuff to people. And I'm like, are you really a victim? Because now if now you're actually enticing and gaslighting people to attack another person. Yeah. You're you're no longer a victim. You're no longer a yeah. victim. Now you now you're the bully. Now you're the prey. Mm-hmm. I mean, now you're the uh yes, you're the prey. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like I'm trying to fill out, I'm trying to figure out where do we go when every everything's a victim. Everybody's a victim now. It's like, 
you can stub your toe and you can be like, oh, man, I'm a victim. Um, people, please feel bad for me. Here's my cash app. Uh, I stubbed my toe. And I'm like, I'm not sending you shit for stubbing yeah. your damn toe. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? I um, I just I just don't get it. I just I just don't get it with these people. And, uh, you know, I, I hope one day it all just comes. And I know it won't. It's only getting worse. <laughs> but but I just hope it gets better, man. Like people got to get it together and people need to realize that like, again, like they go on Twitter and they, Oh, um, Oh, uh, this to me and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know, so, you know, like, what do you want me to do? What do you want? What do you want us to do? You know what I mean? So like, I, I just like, this, yeah, this I, guy I just don't get. I laugh, I laugh at everybody nowadays, this man. Guy, everybody. This guy opened the door for me. Um, he thinks I'm weak. I'm like, no. He just opened the door. Like, what? Like, it's. Uh, I just. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I I get. So, Pooh, let me let me ask you this. Yeah. Um. Why why uh, why I got you before we get ready to wrap this up? So. You're doing your spots. You're working as a as a comedian, and you're doing good things. Um, ultimately, how is Stephen Puga going to um is going to deem himself a success? Well, I don't. I feel like in comedy, the job's never done. You know, comedy, the job's never done. There's always room. There's always room to get funnier. You know, like last night I crushed it and last night was a success. But I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm still, a, believe it or not, even though I'm an athlete on the outside, I mean, I'm a, I'm a comedian on the outside. I'm still an athlete at heart. So, like, I, 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 I'm always looking for room to get better because I feel like unless you're I, I think deeming a success in comedy would be like Netflix would be uh, selling out arenas, you know? That's mm-hmm. like that's like the mountaintop. But for an up-and-comer like me, success for me right now is just continue to just get better. Continue to perfect your jokes. Keep writing, you know? Uh, and always bring it. Always bring it because you never know who's going to be in the crowd. That's another thing that I wanted to, that I want to point out. If you're, if you're a performer, if you're doing anything uh, that, that, in, that, it, that's, that has to do with entertainment or if you're a, if you're a bodybuilder or if you're a a track runner or whatever, uh, always find a way to get better, better yourself. You know, there's always room for improvement. And you and but my but the most important thing is always bring it, always bring it 100%. It doesn't like I've done, I've done shows at I've done shows in a theater, I've done shows in a backyard, you know. And you never know. And that's another thing. Here's my favorite thing. You never know who's watching you. And, and before I get out, this is how I want to share. This is how I got. This is how I broke into the comedy scene, or I broke into the comedy club. There's the there's the open mic scene, and then there's the club scene, right? And I'm finally breaking my way into the club scene. Uh, you never know who's watching you. You know, like that backyard uh, uh, contest that I was just talk, telling you about right now. The feature act of the comic uh, from the comic comedy club that weekend was there in the crowd, and he saw me do 15 minutes. I ended up winning the whole thing and he and this man his name's brian dunkelman 
he he was the original he was one of the original hosts of American Idol with Ryan Seacrest and he was in, in this he was at this party you know and he gave me pointers he gave me his number and when he came back into town a couple of months uh, about a month ago he got me on stage at the comedy club and uh, I ended up doing really awesome. well and uh, the owner of the club uh, you know I looked I, I lucked out I lucked out and uh, uh, you, you got to be lucky you don't you don't get there it, it, here's another thing about comedy you don't get there I mean you can be great you can be good but you're gonna you got to be respectful you got to be you got to be a cool hang and that's what success is to me you know just uh continue to get better learn and always bring it man like the i feel like the amount of success is is never ending especially in comedy for sure oh man that's good and you know what running my damn mouth i didn't ask two two part question give me some of your influences influences in comedy and give me your top five comedians of all time oh wow that's probably they're probably going to be the same list so my influence in comedy you know uh when i was when i was four years old i mean when I was, when I, i'm sorry when i was in the fourth grade uh my parents had just got direct tv they had just got direct tv <laughs> and uh, i i stumbled <laughs> I stumbled. I was getting ready for uh, I was getting ready for school one day, and I stumbled upon a Michael Winslow, uh, Michael Winslow stand-up special. What? And I had no, yeah, yeah. No and way. I was, Not Jones. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but hold on, I, hold on, hold on. So this guy, I'm watching this guy do voices and sound effects, and you know he's he's killing it, and I and I'm and I'm laughing my ass off eight years old watching this guy. So I go to school the next day or I go to school that morning and I try to do those same things that he was doing, trying to just make people laugh. So that's that's one guy that I guess, kind of, I, I, not that I was biting off of his jokes. I was eight years old. I had no idea what comedy was, but I was very influenced by it. Cheech and Chong, uh, one of my, uh, one of uh, the early comedy, uh, um, got duos. me into comedy duos. Yeah. Uh, when I, when, again, uh, I, again, when I was in, I think the fourth grade. Again, my my uh, my uncle, uh, he had a record player, the vinyl record player, in his in his room, and uh, he had the Cheech and Chong uh, wedding album. I, I I think it was, and he put on Earache My Eye, and I, and I just completely lost it. I was laughing my ass off for like two days straight just hearing hearing the music and then the dad comes into the room and he he kind of he finds his his son dre uh, dressed in a fucking uh tutu and you know why are you do i you know turn it off turn it down and he turns it back up and he beats the shit out of him that was funny as hell um but then uh but honestly i'm i know it's gonna be a generic answer but i i grew up watching the Chappelle show as, as, as just like i'm pretty sure you did you know oh, yeah. and, and, gra and granted i shouldn't i mean i was a little too young to be watching the Chappelle show but but i would stay up late to to catch dave and and the crew just absolutely murdered their skits and that's what and i and uh i used to download music too on my mom's computer i, I put like so many viruses in it but uh 
<laughs> was but, it music you were uh downloading oh, oh yes 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 i promise i'm a i'm a good catholic <laughs> i'm a good practicing catholic <laughs> but but no i would i downloaded dave Chappelle's um one of his um i forgot the name of his that special it was one of his early ones where he's in san francisco and he um and he i was just i would listen to that to that record um nonstop dave Chappelle, and and i got to see dave Chappelle live like about five years ago to so to see like one of my comedy here i wasn't a comedian then but to see like dave live is like an experience in itself so he's definitely an influence on me um uh i would say another influence on me i know a lot of people don't know him he's one of my favorite comedians um and i was so disappointed that I didn't get a chance to see him when I went to LA back in May, um, is Anthony Jeselnik. I don't know if you know who Anthony Jeselnik is. He does dark humor. No. He, he dude, watch. Go to go to after we're done here. Go to YouTube. Type in Anthony Jeselnik, and just go down the rabbit hole of like fucked up shit he says. And that's one of my. That's one of my. <laughs> that's that 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 guy is one of my uh, heroes and influences. Um, uh, definitely and people you know a, a lot i get a lot of comparisons you know humble humble brag but um you know, a lot of people are like do you remind me a lot of anthony Jeselnik? you remember you have that Jeselnik cadence the 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 the, the timing the, the deadpan because when i say something mean or i say something absurd i just kind of i don't react i let the crowd react and i don't react at all you know what i mean it's all in the presence and that's he he's mastered that like he like to me he's like the michael jordan of of uh of uh a dark humor so yeah no de de I would definitely definitely look that up i would definitely definitely yeah. definitely so, look that up so my top five my top five comedians okay number one obviously dave bell because i've been watching mm -hmm. my whole life uh number two number two is uh ralphie may mm -hmm. god rest his soul he passed away Ra ralphie may and I got to see mm -hmm. him at the and I got to see him at the El Paso comic strip. I took a picture. He was the nicest guy in the world. Ralphie was um, pretty cool, man. Pretty number cool. Number three would, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was a, he was so nice to me. Uh, number three would probably be uh, for me Anthony Jeselnik, just because like he's another big influence on me. Uh, number four is uh, Joey Diaz, Coco. Joey Diaz, I love Uncle Joey. Um, and number five, man, that number five is a tough one. Um, it would probably, it would probably, oh, it'd be Bill Burr, Bill Burr for, for sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, the only person I probably got in my top five that you got in your top five is Dave. So mine is Dave, Eddie, Bernie, Richard, and uh, Martin Lawrence. Those mm -hmm. are those are my and to be honest, yeah. uh, with you know, Martin, I, 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 he's and, in, he's in there because of um a lot because of his movies, the way he writes his shows, but it all goes into comedy for me. So he's oh, yeah. definitely in there. Oh no, he's definitely a killer, man. Um, there, I don't know if you heard, I don't know if you've heard this story. Of, uh, Martin Lawrence used to open up for Chris Rock. Yes. And, yes. And Martin Lawrence, 
uh, Martin Lawrence freaked out, freaked out Chris Rock because Chris Rock, as back in I want to say a bit too, I want to say what the late mid nineties into the twos, Chris Rock, and then he brings on Martin Lawrence, and at one of these shows, the crowd is just roaring. And, and, and roaring and roaring and they're laughing their ass off and Chris Rock is in Chris Rock is backstage like like what the fuck is going on like on stage like is there a fight or something like what's going on he goes out there he goes out to the side of the stage sees Martin Lawrence just murdering murdering the crowd and Chris Rock was like hey dude what the fuck like you know what I mean <laughs> It's a really cool story, man. I, I heard that story real recently on Joe Rogan's podcast. So yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, now those two guys, man, they're great. I just the only thing that I regret is uh, I, uh, um, is I wish I would have been around. Uh, I wish I was. I wish I had been born to see those guys in action and you know, yeah. see the well, height gotta, of their comedy career. You know, yeah, so. you can only be a fan of what you've experienced and what you got in your lifetime. So I don't get hung up on if people have obscure comedians on their list or um, people that nobody else has seen, because it's what you've experienced. Like in my time, I grew up with those. You grew up in a different yeah. time to you. Like Dave is like, you know, Dave to you would be prior to my people. Like it, that was, that was my goat. That was my guy. That was, trailblazing and destroying it and and making people uncomfortable but they was loving him because he was making people uncomfortable and 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 that's the best thing about comedy but um let me let me let me uh do this steve uh tell everybody what you got cooking um coming up and where they can find you and just the floor is yours my man Okay, well, uh, I don't know. I, I guess it's what a worldwide audience here, so because we're on the internet, uh, I have three shows booked. Uh, I have three shows. I have three shows booked uh, for November. I have uh, November 11th here in El Paso, Texas. I'm going to be in the uh, El Paso's funniest comedy contest. So it's going to be me and 14 other comics going for the title of funniest in El Paso. So. Uh, uh oh, Stephen, you pause. Um, so Stephen Paul, um, his his Wi-Fi uh went out like the um the Joker's jokes and uh the Joker, but um we we're gonna get Stephen back on so um. I just want to uh, let everybody, I just want to thank everybody for um, tuning in and listening. And please, please, please make sure you check out uh, Stephen Puga. He's a, he's a funny guy. He's talented. He's real. He's genuine. And I know his comedy is not going to be for everybody, but it's genuine. And I'd rather listen to comedy that's genuine then listen to somebody that's pandering and not uh, giving their true feelings and true thoughts about subjects. I can't, I can't rock with people that's not being honest. That's just, that's, that's always been me. If you're phony, 
I don't want to hear anything. I don't your jokes or anything like that because they're not genuine. They're not coming from a place of truth. Comedy is a great truth teller. Um, there's a lot of truth in comedy. So if you're not walking in your truth, then how can your comedy be funny? Sure, you could pull the wool over some people's eyes if you got writers like a lot of co uh, comics out there. Um, people are writing their jokes, but it's like uh, rappers with uh, ghostwriters. You can't be the GOAT if you don't write your own rhymes. Clearly is that. You're just a very talented uh, lip singer. Or uh, you could recite poems or rhymes that somebody else writes for you. So um, that's that's what I have to say about that. I'm waiting for Steven to come back on. He's going to uh, hopefully he'll be able to boot back up and give his uh, salutations. But um, I, I wanted to address um, the whole aspect of like what we're getting on about um, social media and stuff like that. I just want people to know that it's okay to um, it's okay to not um, live in that world um, because some of the stuff that uh, goes down is not it's not real. Um, some of the people that are gaslighting you and uh, trying to incite you to do things, to say things. When shit really goes down, they're not going to be there for you. Um, so don't let somebody talk you into doing something that you going to get the ass whooping for, or you going to get the backlash for, or you going to get fired from your job for. Um, that's just the way it is. Um, and I hope that um, everybody, you know, just think about it. I ain't saying you got to listen to me. Just think about it. Um, thank you for everybody for showing up. Um, I got some more guests coming up and I can't wait to um, bring them to you. If those don't know, I love this aspect of my show. Like I could get on here and talk to myself for an hour, but you know, you get tired of hearing your own voice. I love interviewing people. I love talking about real things. Uh, uh, shouting out up and coming people that's doing big things and giving them a platform, even if it's just one person listening. Like like my man uh, Puga said before he left, you never know who's watching, you never know who's listening. So don't worry about viewers and how many people is liking something. It only takes one person to like something or to hear something, then pass it along to somebody else. So. With that being said, everybody, please um, be safe. Have a good time. And please make sure you check out Steven Puga. He's at Steve Puga 20. He's at Puga 20 on Twitter. Um, please make check it out. All you got to do is search Steven Puga and you'll find him. He's on a whole bunch of comedy flyers and things like that. So make sure you do that. And as always, be real. And I am out of here. Uh, Y'all know how I always end it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Look, say it with me. Okay. Real time, real time, real time, real time, real time. Prince Blue.